Hello moms and happy day after Mother's Day. I hope every one of you were celebrated by the people that you love and that you had a great weekend. Um, and I am on a camping trip right now at this moment with our juniors and seniors. So I wanted to pre-record this video so that if I went live and the internet didn't work, you would still have um, the beginning of our Mother's Day gifts. For the next few Mondays, I'm gonna come to you, I think I'm gonna call it Monarch Mom Monday. I don't know, I gotta call it something. Um, and I just wanna take time to pour into you as moms, not because I know everything as a mom. In fact, it's quite the opposite. I think we learn most from our mistakes. And if I can be transparent enough to at least tell you what I've done wrong, maybe it can help you make the right choices. Um, but as a mom, we're all on a journey of learning. And um, I just feel like moms are the greatest leaders in this nation right now, the most important ones. I mean, we're in a season uh, where the kingdom of darkness is not playing. Uh, the kingdom of darkness is um, out for keeps and the enemy wants our children. And you just happen to be what is standing in his way. So you as a mother can be the greatest target that hell will want to hit at times because we are the ones um, that stand in between what the enemy wants to do in our children. So I just wanna strengthen you. Um, so first I'm gonna start by answering a couple questions. And some of you may say, where did we ask questions? Well, I actually took some questions on Instagram and it's okay, you can still ask questions because every week I'm gonna try to answer questions, but I'm gonna hop on and answer a couple that were asked last week. First of all, someone just asked me, Pastor Evan, what do you do to unwind? What do you do for you time? What do you do for fun? Well, I'm gonna be honest, I don't take a lot of me time. I probably should take more. But if I do something for myself, number one, you're gonna find me where I am right now. I'm in my happy place as I'm filming for you, and that is outdoors. I love it outside, camping, hiking, walking, swimming, sitting in the grass. I am an outdoor girl. So rain or shine, I'm usually outside. Right now, my big thing is running, you know, with the rain gatherings and this assignment we have to run to the gates of our nation over the next year and a half now. I love running. It's a stress relief for me. It's something that helps my health and my focus. And for those of you that are watching saying, oh God, I hate running. I was you a year ago. <clears throat> Excuse me, I couldn't run well at all, but the Lord instructed me to do so and with some consistency. Um, it is my passion right now. It is my stress relief. It's my time with the Lord and it just gets me focused um, and helps me. So I like to run outdoors. So that's what I do for me. Secondly, a lot of you asked, Pastor Devin, how do you balance all the things that you do? Um, and this was a difficult question to answer because I have to be honest, I don't. Um, I'm glad that I give off the persona that I balance well. But if I can be honest, um, I'm not balancing well. And my whole life has been a story of that tightrope walking. And unfortunately, several times I've fallen off into the net. Um, I think just three nights ago, I went to bed crying, feeling like a failure. Maybe all of us moms do that. Um, but it's difficult. Um, it's difficult to balance what I want to do in my heart as a mom, what I want to do um, for our home, uh, versus what the Lord is calling me to do. And I wish I had it all figured out. So this answer may not give you peace, but it may make you feel better that I'm not a perfect mom either. Um, but I think it's, it's having confidence in our ability to multitask. As moms, we have confidence that we can multitask multitask the tasks for our family like feeding children and doing laundry at the same time and and uh, and keeping everybody's schedule but we don't have the confidence that we can multitask our domestic responsibilities
always with our calling and you were made to multitask. And so I think what I'm going to talk about today is probably um, the greatest asset I have for balance, even though I'm still not doing it well. Um, and that is the core of identity. And I want to dive into this every week. Sometimes I'll be pouring into you. Sometimes I'll be giving strategy on how to pour into your kids. But today I'm going to start with you um, and this word identity. And if I could you know, theme this teaching anything, I would call it identity theft. And because that's what happens to moms and it's identity theft that will knock us out of balance. Um, and when my life is swirling um, and I can tell that I'm out of balance, what I do is I go back to who I know that I am, who God has created me to be, and that identity becomes a filter for what's going on in my life. It helps me know what plates are gonna hit the ground and what I cannot fail in. It helps me know at the end of the day, if I can't finish everything, when I have to leave things undone, it helps me pick and choose what's important and what's not. I mean, if you're a mom and you're struggling with your individual identity, then you're gonna find a hard time balancing in life I have these 10 commandments of motherhood and they'll probably come out different weeks. Um, but one of, his, one of them is this, uh, when I have too much to do, when I wake up and there is a day that I cannot do it all, what I do is I focus on doing what no one else can do. And what someone else can do, I delegate. Um, for example, there are some things in your life someone else can do, um, whether that is, um, run an errand or clean the house or um, do something at work. You've got to look at your job, even running a ministry period. Um, I realize that the kingdom doesn't rise and fall on me. And there are some things that God can anoint someone else to do. There are some things maybe for one week of my life, it's worth paying someone to do, like someone to come clean my house or, or the laundry is just going to sit because someone else can help me with that. I can put an SOS out to a friend. But there are other things in life no one else can do. And that starts with number one, raising my children. Someone can babysit, uh, someone can make sure they don't hurt themselves and that they're provided for while I'm working, but no one else can be mom. No one else can instill the things in them that I can. No one else can be wife. Um, there are certain roles no one else can do. And so if I know who I am and I know what I'm called to do and I know my unique identity, then I know in my life what I can let hit the ground, what I can put in someone else's hands, what I can ask someone to help with, and what nobody else can help me with and no one else can do because it's my position and no one else can fulfill that. And that kind of is my filter for how to balance everything. So let's talk about identity theft. So identity period, it by definition, it's the distinguishing characteristics or personalities of an individual. It's what makes someone unique. And although this is gonna sound like basic teaching, it's so profound when we try to just grasp it personally. Your identity, it's who you are uniquely. And this is the problem. <clears throat> when we have children, when we get married, when we're a part of a family, which means we become part of a group, um, group thinking, we become part of a unit, it is very easy to lose our individuality. But I'm here to tell you, I don't care what someone else taught you, it is not God's design or desire that you lose your individual identity. In fact, we see this principle even when we stand before him. At the end of our life, when we give an account for everything that we've done, we won't stand as a family unit. Newsflash, we won't even stand as a couple. 
but we will stand as an individual because God formed you as an individual in your mother's womb and he will welcome you in to eternity as an individual. And although you will become part of a family or a group, you cannot lose yourself or your individual accountability for fulfilling who God has called you to be in the midst of a family. Um, I'm gonna kind of use a fairy tale. I preached a whole sermon on this one time, but of Cinderella. One of my favorite, and you're gonna hear me use princesses this whole time because I love fairy tales and movies and God speaks to me through them. But we call her Cinderella, but it's really a case of identity theft because her name was just Ella. She was formed in her mother's womb. She, she was birthed and she was given the name Ella. And it wasn't until later in her life that her identity was marred or stolen. And now we know her as Cinderella. Um, it was just this additional prefix that did so much to her nature, her personality, and her self-perspective. And some of you just have some additional prefixes and suffixes in your life, these add-ons that people pile on to us that change the nature of who God's created us to be. She was not Cinderella. She was just Ella. And what had happened is she had been birthed in a home that was her inheritance. It was her happy place. But some intruders came into her house. It was the, the stepmother and the stepsisters. Some intruders came in and they began to make her happy place a prison. In fact, Ella, who we know as Cinderella, became a prisoner in her own home home and she lost her identity in her own dwelling place and here we find many of you as mothers is right in your own home right in the place that God has given you as your throne your your palace your inheritance you find yourself like Ella losing your identity and unhappy in a place that was supposed to be fulfilling to you. What's so disturbing about this story, and this is what I wanna make sure we understand today, is that the intruders were let in the house. The stepmother and the stepsisters were brought in by someone Ella actually really loved, her father. Um, and this is gonna be a little bit of a difficult teaching, but it's just real, ladies, and we need to talk about it. Sometimes it's the people we love the most that contribute to our identity theft. Some of us are good at resisting the enemy. Some of us are good at resisting the criticism of people we don't know and we don't care about. But when we love someone and we walk in a close proximity and unity with them, it's very easy to let them add those prefixes and those suffixes in our life that change us from our God-given identity of Ella or Devin or whatever your name may be to Cinderella, to what they desire for us to be or they need for us to be or they see us as. And even in their love, sometimes they take advantage and they end up shaping the place that used to be your happy place into a place that you may feel sometimes like a prisoner. So I wanna talk about how important it is for you to have identity because if you're walking in identity theft today, then your children will walk in insecurity tomorrow. Your lack of identity and your insecurity will become theirs tomorrow, their struggle. Remember what we fight today can become a giant to our children. 
And it's really important, not that you just find identity for yourself, that's the most important. But let me tell you, I know I'm talking to a group of moms and a lot of times we won't do things for ourselves that we will do for our children. And if you're not worried about restoring and maintaining your original identity for you and your self-confidence and your calling and your future, you've gotta do it for your kids. Because the most secure children are those that are raised by two individuals who know how to come together as one, but not lose their individual identity before the Lord. You have a calling, you have a purpose, you have an identity that is pre-spouse, pre-children, it will exist post-spouse and post-children, and you will stand accountable to the Lord for it one day. And when the Lord blesses you with a marriage and he blesses you with these beautiful individuals called our children, it is not his des desire that we throw to the side who he created us to be as his daughter. I talk about this in this age-old book I wrote, The Warrior We Called Mom, and I talk about it as the devil's triangle, ministry, marriage, and motherhood, and how it's like the Bermuda Triangle. We get lost in the middle, like ships at sea. We get so wrapped up in what we are doing that we forget who we are. So I wanna just break some lies off of you, and I need you to listen. It's gonna sound simple, but it's profound. Number one, you are not what you do. I'm gonna say it one more time. You are not what you do. I'm gonna say it in reverse form. What you do is not who you are. And so many times we identify ourselves by what we do. Now, not to offend, offend you, but inanimate objects are identified by what they do not living, breathing human beings. Your identity is much greater. In other words, I wash clothes, but I am not a washing machine, right? I wash dishes, but I am not a dishwasher. I transport my children from point A to point B, but I am not a car. Inanimate objects receive a title and an identity by what they do and what they produce. And somewhere along the line, we as women have reduced ourselves to a functioning inanimate object. And when people ask us who we are, we answer by what we do. And that is not God's identity for you. Your actions do not equal your identity. Although you may do those actions, they should not be the affirmation of the, or the source of your identity. And I'm gonna tell you, it goes all the way back to the garden. Some of you have heard me teach this, and if you have, you're gonna hear it again. But some of you have not, and, and I find great joy in the study of the book of Genesis. In fact, I have this beautiful passion translation of the book of Genesis that I highly recommend for anyone to read. And, and we can find God's original intent for humanity and for you as a woman right there in the first three chapters. And I'm here to tell you that Adam and Eve started in a very different place than they ended up after the fall in chapter three. But Jesus died to break that curse and we should be well on our way on a journey that takes us from Genesis chapter three back to Genesis chapter one and two. And some of you are stuck in a Genesis chapter three season. And I came to announce to the identity thief over you, the cross broke the curse over you and you're not Eve anymore, you're woman. And let me explain.
When God created you as woman, he created you as an easer, a protector, a helpmate, an equal, and a co-heir, an equal dominion sharer, a leader, a ruler, who stood before him equally with her co-counterpart, her partner, her husband, Adam. In fact, that name Adam was the same name for Adam and Eve. And God created all of the animals and creation from the soil of the ground, but he created woman from Adam. And I know we say he pulled his rib, but those words can mean so much. A piece of his side, it can actually mean his innermost being. Some things think that God actually pulled the womb out of man and, and that woman was womb man. But all I know is this, when woman was created, she was declared in her identity by God and by Adam to be woman bone of bone, flesh of flesh, sameness. Even when God created Adam and Eve, he said, I have created someone in my likeness, just like me in my image. There was no dominance, there was no hierarchy, there was unity and the head of Adam was God. The head of Adam and Eve was God and they operated in perfect unity. Oh, so I wish that we could have that unity in our world today. And the, the blood of Jesus Christ can make that possible in your home. But she was called woman and she reigned with Adam. And, and you don't see any shift in identity or any dominance in role. All you see is perfect unity, walking and talking with God each day until Eve abused that influence and she led Adam into sin with her. And we know they ate from the forbidden fruit. I'm not gonna reteach that story, but after the fall, after the curse, God puts a curse on the snake. Eve receives a curse for her sin and her childbearing. Adam receives a curse from the, the fruit of the ground. And we see that they were both cursed in their place of fruitfulness. But at the end of the day, Adam turns to Eve and now he renames her. God has given Eve this particular curse. He said, your desire is going to be for him, but he's going to rule over you. It literally means you're going to want to dominate him, but he's going to dominate you. You're going to look to him. You're not going to just look to me. You're going to turn toward him, face toward him, desire him. And this has been the curse of women's identity for decades, for years since the garden. And we have to come to an understanding that the cross has broken this off of our life. I have a degree in psychology enough to know that male influence in the life of a female will shape her identity. Your father shaped your identity. Your brothers will shape your identity. Your husband will shape your identity. What they speak over us, what they say to us, what they label us. It has the power and the ability because of the curse to shape our soul and shape our identity in such a way because before the curse, Eve only looked to God for her identity. But post the curse, now her desire has turned to an inferior person, one who did not make her, but one who has given the authority to name her. And some of you, your identity has been so marred by father, by dad, by brother, by husband, and you have walked bowed over under an identity that God never meant for you to walk in. And today I'm praying a prayer that frees the Eve from your life because Jesus, before he left the cross, he took a spear in his side to redeem the creation of woman. He created woman from the side of Adam. He pulled you from the side of Adam and he took a spear in his side where blood and water flowed, same contents of the womb, out of his side to break that curse off of you. And although in your flesh, your identity can be shaped by the men around you, which is positive. If you had a great father and a great husband and great brothers, 
great male mentors, but if you are like a lot of women in our nation right now, and you had a father who did not shape you well or speak well over you, or a husband who doesn't value you, or male mentors or brothers in your life who spoke evilly of you, you will find that your soul has been marred by an identity God didn't give you. And my prayer today for you as a mother is that you will look to Yahweh for your identity. And here's the difference. Yahweh does not identify you by what you produce or what you do. He identifies you as daughter, as his created being, as the one who spends relationship with him and worships him, and the one he has crowned with dominion. That was the identity of woman. But later, when Adam changes Eve's name from woman to Eve, that means the mother of all living. And although that is a privilege to be the mother of all living, it was also a title of production. It is only humanity that will identify others by what they do, not God. Eve had an identity before she produced anything. But Adam looked at Eve and the woman that was bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, now becomes identified as producer, as the one who produces for him, the one who produces life. And so many of you carry a title of production in your home, your Cinderella, right? The ash covered one, the maid, the cook, the clean, the carpool driver, the one who packs the lunches, the one who makes the schedule. And you are identified by being the mother of so-and-so or the wife of so-and-so because your identity is wrapped up in production. But what you have to know is those titles are great. It's an honor to be mom. It's an honor to be wife. It's an honor to be a good cook. It's an honor to, to be able to take care of my house. It's an honor to be the classroom mom. But those things are not my identity. They are what I do, but they are not who I am. My identity is daughter. My identity is co-heir with Jesus Christ. My identity is a royal priesthood. And I can never forget that the enemy's prefixes and the suffixes will never take away who God shaped me to be. So while I'm washing dishes, I am walking in kingdom dominion. And while I'm washing clothes, I can pray and decree with royalty. And while I'm doing carpool, I am still a daughter of the Most High God. And I'm not a prisoner in my house. It is my castle. It is my domain. And when the things you do don't become the identity of who you are, you won't be quite so bitter about the things you do. So now I want to talk to the mom who gets like me. And at the end of the day, you're like, I don't want to do another load of laundry. Can't anybody pick up after themselves? I don't want to cook dinner tonight. I don't want to be identified by what I do. I just want to be who I am. I'm here to tell you when your actions don't shape your identity, then your actions won't make you bitter. And you'll find great joy in what you do because what you do doesn't identify who you are. I hope I'm making sense to somebody today. And I want to release you, Cinderella. You're not Cinderella. You're just Ella and you're Princess Ella. You were shaped to be royalty. You were shaped to be a queen. And just because you do laundry and just because you cook meals and pack lunches and just because you change dirty diapers, none of that demeans your spiritual identity. Oh, if you have the expectation for people to see you as God sees you, you're going to be greatly disappointed. You'll have one or two people in your life who actually see the spiritual identity you carry. But if you are grounded in who Yahweh says you are and your desire is turned from men and unto him, 
then when all they see you as is the dishwasher and the merry maid and the cook, you won't be quite so offended because you are grounded in who Yahweh says you are, even when spouse or children may not notice. And so today on this first day together, I just wanna tell you, be grounded in who you are and don't let go of your individuality for the sake of the group. Your group, those you love, your husband and your children will be better people when they see mom modeling who she is. You won't be quite so bitter. You won't be quite so exhausted and quite so angry if you will leave room in your life to express your individuality. So some of you just need to take an assessment on this day after Mother's Day, and you need to say, how much of my day and how much of my week is spent producing and not being who God called me to be? Okay, sure, you're gonna have to do laundry, you're gonna have to cook, you're gonna have to clean, you're gonna have to manage your household, but you also have a God-given responsibility to carve out time to serve Yahweh as his daughter and as the royal priesthood he has called you to be. And God never asked you to put yourself on a shelf to be a better mom or be a better wife. In fact, that is a lie of religion. That is a taskmaster spirit. And some of you have bought it hook, line, and sinker. You feel like a better person because you have sacrificed yourself on the altar of motherhood and on the altar of wifehood. And I'm here to tell you, you'll be a better wife and a better mom when you serve your family, but you also serve your God and the identity he's created you to be. So whatever it is, whoever you were before you found them, before you found him, before you birthed them, be true to yourself. And when you are true to yourself, you will be the model and the representation of Christ that your family needs you to be. So I wanna pray for you today. Um, and then I just wanna say, you can ask me questions all week. Next week, I think we'll go into doing some things for our children. But today I just want to break the chains of false identity off of you. I wanna loose you to be the leader God has called you to be. And I wanna pray that the real you begins to surface. And when you begin to be who God has called you to be, then all of the avenues where production is required in your life, you're gonna find joy in serving because you are not identified by what you do. And what you do will never take away from who you are. And you are shaping the next generation and the most you are the most powerful leaders our nation can ask for. So I wanna bless you today. So Father, on this first day uh, that I have with all of the moms watching today, young and old. Lord, I pray this over myself and I pray this over them. May we never lose our identity as woman. I thank you, Jesus, as you walk the earth. I never heard you call anyone Eve. You called all of them woman because you do not come into agreement with our title of production. You remain only in agreement with the individual identity you called us and created us to walk in. So Father, I just speak to the women watching right now who have buried their individuality six feet under in a grave of motherhood and wifehood. And they feel like they did the right thing, but they're living a life of misery because they're lost. Lord, I pray for them right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray you'll begin to dig up the dirt and resurface the original call, the original intent the original woman you created them to be. We thank you for the spouse. We thank you for the children. What a blessing they are. But Lord, 
whether they are here or they are not, we remain with you and we will stand alone with you and give account for what we've done with the life and the breath you have given us. And so for every mom, whether she's parenting a six month old or a 16 year old, I pray God that she will become confident in the individual identity that you've given her. And she'll stop looking for it in the people around her. And she'll start looking for it in the eyes of the only one who can see fully who you've made her to be. God, for those that say, I don't know who I am, I pray God that as they spend more time in your word and they spend more time just seeking you and worshiping you and walking with you, just like Eve did every day, you will begin to unfold the identity of who they are. And that identity is not mother of and wife of, it is daughter of. And God, you will help them carve time in their schedule, Lord, as an offering to you. Lord, I break off false guilt, religious guilt off of these moms who do not feel they can commit that time to you or themselves because they feel like it is service to their family to sacrifice themselves on an altar. But God, you never called them to do that. You still require daughterhood of them. And I pray God for grace for these moms to find time to worship you with the talents, the gifts, and the abilities you've given them to serve you in your kingdom. And may they find mutual fulfillment in being daughter and mother and wife because they are not in competition with one another. And I just break the spirit and the chaos of competition in their life where they feel like they can only be a good wife, only be a good mom, or only be a good daughter to you. I thank you, Father. There is a unity and a complimenting that is coming with the hats that they wear and it is found in original identity. So I bless these moms today, Father. And Holy Spirit, I pray you will unravel what the enemy has called them that is not of you. And I pray that you will rewire and rebuild the original intent over their life. So I bless them today. And Father, for every mom that's watching me, I pray the power of the Holy Spirit would flood in over her life. For everyone that's not filled with the Holy Spirit over these next few weeks, may they be filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. For everyone that doesn't have a fiery prayer life, God, or a time of worship before you, let their heart be awakened to walking and talking with you and knowing that if they will seek you first, you will add all the things to them, all the things to their children, all the things to their home. And Father, I just pray a sealing over them that their home will not be their prison, and that their name will not be Cinderella, but you will restore their royal identity and Lord, that their home will be their resting place with you. So I bless these moms today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So happy day after Mother's Day. I look forward to seeing you hopefully live next week. And remember, submit your questions and I'll be sure to answer them. God bless you all.